It's time to place your bets. Let's talk to the pros. Welcome in, everybody, to Betting Pros. It's me, Joey P, Joe Pizapia, and it's time to look ahead for week nine in the NFL. And, of course, to help me do it are my friends Matt and Pat. That's right. Pat Fitzmaurice, Matthew Friedman. We are here after a wild and wacky week eight. Finally, we got a lot of scoring in the NFL. Didn't come from all the games we thought it might, and it came more from games that we thought it wouldn't. But, my goodness, it was certainly a strange day in the NFL, uh, a strange betting day, too. I'm sure a lot of people... Won some overs, and a lot of people lost some unders, I would imagine, as well. But that's all in the past. We live in the present. We live in the future. And the future and the present have come together for Week 9 in the NFL. So we're going to start taking a look at it here on bettingpros.com. Don't forget to subscribe to the YouTube channel and click that little bell for notifications till it goes ding. That's what you need to do. And, uh, of course, too, we are brought to you by the Sleeper app. So make sure you go ahead and uh, check out that over-under game we got going. And... BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks, always the sponsor of the show. Download the BetMGM app right now. And gentlemen, might as well just kick things right off here with Thursday Night Football. Are you ready? The 7-0 and Philadelphia Eagles will take on the lowly Houston Texans at 1-5-1. The number is huge. It is 13. 13 points for the Philadelphia Eagles here in this one. 43 is the over-under. If you like Houston to upset on the money line, you're crazy, but it's plus 550. I know anything can happen, but uh, let's not get crazy here with ourselves. So, Matthew Friedman, let's start with you. The number is 13. Is this going to grow over the days ahead? Is it time to lock this in? How do you feel about the Eagles Houston on Thursday night? Yeah, it's already, you mentioned BetMGM. It's already 13 and a half at, at BetMGM. And also, Just while I intro the show, it went yeah. up a half point. <laughs> yeah, also, also that number at, at uh, DraftKings. I mean, I, if this gets to 14, I might consider Houston, but even then I don't want to do it. The thing is like, I feel I've been stretching the, the power ratings to try to get this number closer to the spread. And I, I still can't do it. So I'm theoretically showing some value on Houston, but there's no way that I'm absolutely valid, like valuing them as a team that can compete and, and really cover the spread. Uh, this is a matchup of, of the trenches. And Houston is just absolutely getting destroyed offensive line and defensive line. I don't think they match up well. And we're reaching that midway point of the season where weird things start to happen just in terms of, you know, like players getting benched because teams just realizing that they're not in it at all. And so uh, I think I understand this number and I'm probably just going to say, all right, I know my number theoretically shows value on, on Houston, but I just I can't get there because I think the reality of it is we continue to see this number move towards 14. I would agree with you. I think it's going going to grow, especially after watching Houston refuse to tackle anybody in that game. I don't care if it was Derrick Henry or Hilliard on Sunday. They, they didn't want any piece of anyone. And it wasn't like they didn't know where the ball was going, for goodness sakes. And they still just had zero interest in stopping or trying to contain. And now you're going to get the Eagles which have a whole lot more weapons than the Texans, a whole lot more capable quarterback. Uh, Fitz, I know it's a short week. Thursday night gets weird, especially when you have to travel, but this one seems like it has blowout all over it. It does, Joe, but uh, can I point out that of the 13 games this week, we have eight road favorite, uh, road, yeah, road favorites, eight of the 13 games. <laughs> and it has been a tough year for favorites to begin with. And, uh, you know, these road favorites like home underdogs are always such a, a good value traditionally. 
But rather than pick and choose, I think I'm just going to make like a one unit bet on every uh, <laughs> home underdog rather than try to because like, look at this game. You mentioned, is there any look ahead value? There absolutely isn't, even though I've got this at uh, 12. So technically, there is a little bit of value, as with Friedman. Like, I, I you know, I'm going to come out on the Houston side projecting this. We're not factoring in the trade de- deadline. Like, what could happen? The Texans could easily move Brandon Cooks yeah. on Tuesday. They could move other pieces. Uh, they're clearly in a rebuild. I, I think they're, you know, settled on uh, the idea that Davis Mills probably is not their quarterback of the future. Ugh, no so, kidding. Um, yeah, they they might move on here. And, um, you know, even though, even though this number looks like it's too big, you know, it's probably not too big. And and if I bet it, it's only going to be the uh, blind faith in home underdogs. Just to follow up on this really, really quickly. I think this number makes the most sense just in terms of actual numbers, not like weird stuff happening in the season, but actual numbers. If we think that um, the Eagles are in that top tier with the Bills and the Chiefs, and if we think that Houston is just like not, not just the worst team in the league, but like clearly like a tier below the second worst team in the league, then this line makes more sense. I don't think we're quite there yet though, on either count. It's hard because in the NFC, it, you know, you're <laughs> the opponents are not as good. You know, the AFC, you have all those big dog QBs, right? You got the uh, Josh Allen's, you got the Patrick Mahomes, you got all these guys who are just playing out of their mind. Right. And then you've got even Lamar Jackson, you got these big time quarterbacks in the NFC. I mean, the Washington Commanders are still kind of in the mix. I mean, it's crazy to think about the teams are still in the mix. You know, the New Orleans has been terrible. They're in the mix. The Carolina Panthers, for God's sakes, could have put themselves in the mix yesterday. Uh, so it's just really hard to gauge just how good the best of the NFC is. We start matching them, even up against the the dregs of the AFC. But I think this one's pretty clear. I, I think this one's safe. I'm in on this one early. Uh, let's go to the Los Angeles Chargers coming off a bye. Most likely without Mike Williams, though, they will have Keenan Allen back. Hopefully, Josh Palmer, we shall see. But regardless, they're three-point favorites in Atlanta, who is somehow four and four. I'm not sure how we got here, but here we are, folks. They are four and four right now. 48 and a half is the number. Like I said, the NFC is kind of wide open and weird right now. If you like Atlanta to win outright, it's plus 135 on the money line. Fitz, what do you think about this number here? Atlanta continues to show up in games where you don't really think they're going to. Is this the latest in another string of those kind of contests? Yeah, it might be, Joe. And they would be 7-1 and one against the spread this year if they had not let DJ Moore get behind wow. them late in that crazy Panthers-Falcons game yesterday. Um, so you've got the Chargers traveling coast-to-coast for the early start game. Uh, it never, I never enjoy betting on the traveling team in that situation. Yeah, but they are off a bye, so maybe that mitigates that somewhat. Um, the number I like here is the under, like I, I, the charger chargers are going to be without most likely Mike Williams, as you mentioned, possibly Josh Palmer. Uh, they just haven't really shown any explosion in the passing game. They just don't really have any speed with their pass catchers other than Austin Eckler, who is not, you know, catching balls deep downfield and the Falcons, we know how they want to play. I mean, Marcus Mariota threw 28 passes yesterday and it felt like, you know, he was <laughs> they were opening it up full throttle. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, um, like I, I think we're going to see Atlanta do the same kind of grind it out game script. And, and like that total just seems a little too high to me. Um, and if I if I play a side here, it's going to be Atlanta. No question. The Falcons are my kryptonite. I have zero finger on the pulse of the Falcons. Uh, Kyle Pitts had a touchdown. I was the one calling 
and saying that uh, this is it for Marcus Mariota. Finally, we're going to get the game where he gets replaced. No, no, no. Instead, we get the huge overtime win. So, Friedman, I have nothing to offer of any considerable usefulness here. So, please tell me something about the Falcons. Teach me because I have no idea what this game is. I'm running away from it. I don't know if the uh, the listeners are going to get anything from this because Fitz and I are on total opposites of, of this game, which, which is <laughs> and interesting. I, and I'm useless, so this is great. No, I mean, it, you know, like I would say that this feels like a get-right spot for the Los Angeles offense. Even without Mike Williams, they I think we'll have Keenan Allen coming back. They're coming off of the bye. Atlanta's secondary is still decimated. Uh, so I, I view this as anything like maybe grab the three. Cause I could see if this moves a direction, I think it moves more towards the three and a half than the two and a half. And I mean, this number has crept up. I bet it at 47 and a half on the look ahead. It's 49 and a half now at bet MGM. Uh, and to Fitz's point, you know, I, I loved it much more at 47 and a half than I do it at 49 and a half, but both of these teams on, on defense are really bad. Uh, and I, I think they are they're weak in the way that plays to the strengths of the opposing offenses like Atlanta wants to run. You can run on the Chargers. The Chargers would probably like to pass and Atlanta can be thrown on. So it, it feels like points will be scored in this game. So I'm on the exact opposite. But, you know, I I, I don't know. Maybe I'm maybe I have a, a misread on this game. Let's move on to the Miami Dolphins, who are now five and three after a wonderful comeback against that Lions defense that never lets us down because they never show up. Uh, the Chicago Bears, three and five, but starting to put together some decent looking moments for a change. Now, they're still at home and still four and a half point underdogs in their own stadium. Forty five and a half is the number on this one. If you like the Bears for an upsets plus 170 on the money line. So. Miami kind of opened up the whoop ass uh, yesterday in that game. Just incredible onslaught between Jalen Waddle, between Tyreek Hill to uh, showing you what he's capable of. But I keep coming back to this one point with the Dolphins, which is their defense is not great. And the Bears are starting to do some things on offense here, Friedman. So when you're looking at the emergence of Justin Fields here in these last few weeks in terms of he's averaging about 70 yards on the ground himself. He's finishing as a QB one three weeks in a row in fantasy. Now, all of those things you look at, you go, well, that's fantasy. It's not reality, but it's starting to look like reality on the field. So is this a dangerous game here to not take the bear seriously at this four and a half number? I don't know. I mean, I'm the moron who betted at three and a half. So, you know, <laughs> I'm probably not the best person to be asking, <laughs> uh, you know, because I, I saw value at that number and, and it moved to four and a half. And, you know, Miami was, I, I think, impressive this past week, but I would say the Bears also looked really good going against a, a tough Cowboys team. Like mm -hmm. I was impressed that offensively that they were able to put up as many points as they did against the Cowboys. And their defense is, I don't know, I'm going to not come up with the right adjective it's not feisty it's i would it's, say opportunistic you know, that's that's yeah. how i would describe them they yeah, have yeah. their they make plays at certain moments that kind of get them back in there but they're not a great defensive you're not consistent i guess is the best way to put it yeah so you know this this to fitz's earlier point about you know a road a road favorite here if this feels like just a little too much for the the Miami Dolphins here. I have this at three and a half, not four and a half. So I, I guess in theory, there's some value here. And I, you know, I, I took it. And as a result, the line moved against me. I haven't gotten the value. I actually, I do like the over though. Uh, I bet this at, at 45, it's at 45 and a half. Now I still think there's some value there. Fitz, do you see any early value in this one with Chicago and Miami? Uh, I don't know about early value. Uh, maybe now that it's moving in the direction of Miami, because I, I want to bet 
the Bears. I want to bet another home dog here. And, um, you know, I, I was thinking maybe there would be a weather advantage with the Dolphins coming up to, uh, you know, Chile, Chicago in November with the, the stadium right on the lakeshore. Uh, I looked at the forecast for next weekend. It's going to be in the low 60s on Sunday. So, <laughs> so much for that idea. Um, but, yeah, the, the scary thing about betting the Bears here, yes, their offense looked really good, but we know how they move the ball. Like, it's going to take a lot of swings of the axe to get that tree down for the Bears. They run, run, and run some more. It's going to be eight, nine, ten play drives, whereas Miami, you know, it's a pass to Tyreek Hill, it's a pass to Jalen Waddell, and they're in the end zone. Um, and, and like, it's scary to bet against a team like that when you're only giving up a handful of points. And... Yes, the Bears, uh, you mentioned it, the, the defense, like it's it's functional, like they're 14th against the pass. They're 14th uh, in pressure rate on the quarterback. They are 12th in DVOA against the pass, and they are 10th in PFF's coverage grade. So they're a competent pass defense. But man, like you have to be more than confident, to, competent to stop the Miami passing game like they Man, like when they've got two at the controls, they are just like firing on all cylinders. And like, I don't know if the the Bears have the cornerbacks to stop both Hill and Waddle. So it's a scary bet. I'm probably going to do that blind bet on the home dogs. But, um, you know, as far as specifically picking out the Bears to bet on, I don't know if I'm there. And like Friedman, I lean over here. Okay, to Fitz's point about the the Bears, whether they have the cornerbacks, they absolutely do not have the cornerbacks. Like that, that is the one thing that makes me a uh, <laughs> little, the first little hesitant. They're, yeah, they, right. They're second. Um, yeah, they're they're well, here's not. A question. They don't the have cornerback depth. So, so we all know the quick strike ability of the Miami Dolphins, but let's also talk about the Miami Dolphins defense for a second too. Do they have a linebacking core that we feel good can chase? Justin Fields around and chase Khalil Herbert around because honestly I don't uh and I haven't for some time and I think this number becomes fascinating in the late third early fourth quarter because does Miami kind of take their foot off the gas a little bit if they do have a lead and this is garbage time do they kind of catch up because you kind of saw the Bears yesterday still compete you know when they were down they were still competing and, and scratching and clawing a little bit which I think it's a good instinct for that team. It's something they haven't shown in a long time. I, this one to me, I think this four and a half is fascinating. I like the bears on this. I, I think the blind instinctual betting might be the best thing we do on this one, Pat. Let's take a quick break in the action to tell you about BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks. Sign up today with BetMGM and use that promo code BETTINGPROS when you do, and your first wager is risk-free up to $1,000. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions, and don't forget to use that promo code BETTINGPROS. That's one word, BETTINGPROS, when you sign up today. Terms and conditions apply. Arizona, Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Kansas, Louisiana, Michigan, Mississippi, Nevada, New York, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Puerto Rico, Tennessee, Virginia, Washington, D.C., West Virginia, Wyoming, and Ontario only. Must be 21 years or older to wager 19 or older in Ontario. New customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable. Free bets on site. Credit. Free bets expire seven days from insurance. Excludes Michigan. Disassociated persons. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado, D.C., Kansas, Louisiana, Nevada, Wyoming, or Virginia. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help. Michigan, 1-800-GAMBLER in Indiana, Maryland, New Jersey, or West Virginia, 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa, 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. Call 877-8-H-O-P-E-N-Y or text H-O-P-E-N-Y in New York. Call or text the Tennessee red line at 1-800-889-9789 in Tennessee or call 1-888-777-9696 in Mississippi. In Ontario, if you have questions or concerns about your gambling or someone close to you, please contact Connects Ontario at 866-531-2600 to speak to an advisor free of charge. Sports betting is void in Georgia, Hawaii, Ohio, and Utah and other states where prohibitive promotional offers not available in Nevada and New York. And now back to the action. 
let's get to the next one here. The Cincinnati Bengals won't be with uh, having any time Jamar Chase soon, uh, but they are eight and a half point favorites still at home. They are four and three. They play tonight on Monday Night Football. The Carolina Panthers are two and six. So 44 is the number on this one. Carolina is plus 320 on the money line. This seems like a big number to me, Fitz. And it's not because I don't think Cincinnati's very good, because they are. I think they're a very good team that has figured things out after a rough start to the season. I'm fascinated to see how they come out of the gates without Jamar Chase tonight. But eight and a half still feels like a really big number here because Carolina seems to be in the zone where they want to just run the football, drag it down. And dare I say, PJ Walker had the throw of the day on Sunday. I mean, PJ Walker starting to look confident out there. Do you think eight and a half is something we should jump on right now? Or do you want to wait and see if it gets a little bigger? I'm going to jump on it on the other side, Joe. I, I kind of like the Bengals here. And like, I think we've seen newfound respect for the Panthers with these lines. Didn't this open? Wasn't the early look ahead line at like 10 points, Friedman? It, it was is, nine and a half. Nine and a half. Yeah. Okay. So it has moved down since uh, the Panthers, you know, gritty effort against the Falcons. But man, like I just do not trust this Carolina offense. Like they managed to to grind out 21 points against the Buccaneers, mostly on the ground with an unexpected, unexpectedly good rushing performance against a pretty good Buccaneers run D. And then yesterday they just took advantage of a, a decimated Falcons secondary. And I, I should go back and revise my uh, comment that I like the under in that Falcons Chargers game. I kind of forgot about how uh, destroyed the Falcons secondary is. So maybe I'm not going to bet. And you know, honestly, even before that, they weren't playing up to their expectations too. Everybody going into the year was like, oh, these are two really good corners. And you know what? Basically from week one, we've been looking at them going, nobody's really played well in that secondary. They allowed the most passing yards in the league before (laughs) they lost AJ Terrell. So uh, exactly. (laughs) Uh, But back to this Panthers game. Yeah, I just don't trust the Panthers to be able to move the ball on a pretty good Cincinnati uh, defense. And even without Jamar Chase, like, I mean, yeah, the Bengals had the best wide receivers in the league. So, like, they're still decent at wide receiver, even without Chase. Uh, And I think we've seen this offensive line start to come together a little bit in recent weeks. Like, they haven't been a complete sieve. They're giving Burrow time to operate. Like, the individual pieces in the Bengals offensive line were always good. but like there were so many new ones, it was going to take some, some time to, you know, coagulate to come together. And I, <laughs> I think that's starting to happen. Um, even off the uh, Monday night game in the short week, I, I like the Bengals here just because I don't think the Panthers can keep up. All right. So the man in orange likes the Bengals, Matthew Friedman, your thoughts here on this one. I, I keep saying, I feel like the Panthers can keep this one closer than eight and a half, but are you where Fitz is where you think this number is actually uh, incorrect and you're on the Bengal side. Yeah, I'm with Fitz on this one. I have this at uh, 10.25. So, you know, above the key number of 10, I do like it here at eight and a half. I liked it at nine and a half on, on the look ahead. So, you know, my read on the market has, was is not good, you know, going from look ahead to, to where we, we are now. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm entirely with Fitz. There's a difference between uh, Carolina playing tight in two divisional games and then going on the road uh, in Cincinnati and keeping up with the juggernaut of an offense. And like the Bengals, even without Jamar Chase, w- when they shifted to uh, more of that shotgun approach on offense, like it just rejuvenated what they were doing. And it really has helped out their offensive line. So I, I don't think Carolina can keep up with Cincinnati. All right. Short week 
No, can't sell you on this at all. No, okay, all right, I'll no. just move on. No. All right, just there's no quarter for me here. Uh, let's go to Green Bay and Detroit. Uh, I'm gonna give Fitz some time to think on this one. The Green Bay Packers are three and a half point favorites on the road against the Detroit Lions, who opened up the game well, and once again the defense just completely collapses. 49 is the number on this bad boy. Uh, if you like the Detroit Lions for the upset, it's plus 150 on the money line. So I'm tired of hearing the get right game narrative for the Packers Friedman. I'm over it. I was over it after they lost to Washington. Everybody knew they weren't going to go into Buffalo and do anything. And they really didn't. So uh, now you get the Lions. So you're going to hear that narrative again for the Packers get right game. Is this the perfect opportunity to have uh, a piece of Detroit, maybe even on the money line, the plus 150 here? Yeah, I I'm on Detroit at three and a half here. I, I bet it on the look ahead. Uh, and my my theory on this was Green Bay could get totally killed by the Bills, which didn't quite happen. Um, but they didn't look all that great in that game either. Uh, and I was thinking, okay, Detroit could win this game uh, or they could at least hang. That didn't really happen either. Like it was three and a half on the look ahead. It's three and a half now, which is like, that's really weird. Normally when, when the bookmakers set it at three and a half, they're expecting that number to move either onto three or to start moving closer to like six or seven. And this is just staying at three and a half because the market is just like these two teams. I don't know. Uh, but I, I do prefer Detroit in the spot that said, like, you never make money betting against Aaron Rodgers when he's playing in division. Uh, and I'm just going to be the idiot who's on the opposite side of that. But, uh, you know, I have this at 2.25. I'm not really impressed with what the Packers are doing on offense. Their defense isn't, uh, you know, coagulating, uh, to, to borrow a Fitz phrase there. It's not coming together the way that they anticipated. So I'm, uh, yeah, I'm on Detroit. Although, I mean, I don't feel great about it, but three and a half is just too much. Yeah, uh, look, I feel like the Bills just took took their foot off the gas in the second half. They were like, okay, look, this is over. You want to try to run the football? Go ahead, you do this. They were just like, all right, if you try anything, though, we're going to come back on the field and we're going to throw the ball 50 yards. So don't try anything. Just go let you earn a football for a couple quarters. That's fine. But Fitz, here we go. I mean, you also had some injuries in this game, too, for the Packers. You also didn't have Lazard this past week. I just don't know. I mean, the Lions defense is the gift that keeps on giving. But Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers just seem to be unable to take advantage of any opportunity they have to get right. So how do you how do you figure this one out? Another case, sort of liking the home dog. And I think I would have anyway. I had this at three. And so, you know, I see half a point of value. Um, Rodgers is 18 and six against the Lions lifetime. I don't know if that really matters. This is just a different and and less proficient Packers offense. But uh I'm not going to bet the under on this one like that. Detroit is just an accelerant in every game they're in. I mean, Detroit just cannot defend anyone. And, uh, you know, they have a pretty good offense. And you mentioned it, Joe, some injuries to the Packers defense. The big one, I think, in this one is Devondre Campbell trying to <laughs> defend a team one. that has mm-hmm. DeAndre Swift and Jamal Williams. Uh, revenge game for Jamal Williams, by the way, who, uh, I remember in that guy's first year thinking that he was not long for the NFL. I was not very impressed. Man, was I wrong about that guy. I mean, what a what a player he's become a nice piece for that Detroit offense. Um, yeah, I mean, I probably other than my blind bet on the home dogs, I'm uh, you know, I'm gonna walk away from everything else in this game. I think like the the number seems about right. I, I just can't trust the Packers in this spot, but at the same time, you know, like the Lions are having such a hard time sealing the deal on an actual win. 
So unless they're getting a big number, like I don't feel great about betting them. You know, like, it's so weird it, because the Lions also were a team that I think everybody collectively thought maybe it's the hard knocks hangover. I don't know. But I think we all collectively thought, you know, last year they were very competitive. They fought in all these games. Like they could be better this year. And they're actually worse. In it's a lot the of same ways. thing, though. They're like they're in every game and they just cannot figure out a way to grab a win by the throat and, uh, you know, mm -hmm. just bring it home. So. All right. Let's see what the Las Vegas Raiders do after getting shut out. It's hard to get shut out in the NFL. Let me tell you, it is tough, but the Raiders found a way to do it. They are one and a half point favorites regardless, though, against Jacksonville. So go figure. 46 and a half is the number on this one. You got plus 105 on the money line for the Jags at home if you like them to win outright. So Fitz, this always feels like the Raiders will come out one of two ways. You know, They come out gangbusters here and put a hurting on the Jaguars, or, or they're at two and five, and they're folding up the tents, and they're going to check out under their new head coach, Josh McDaniels. Which Raiders do you think we're going to see in week nine? Oh, man. Like, I don't know how you can bet the Raiders coming off that game against the Saints where they looked so bad on offense after looking really good for most of the season. And, uh, like, I'm dying to know what they are doing uh, as far as travel. Like, are, are they going back to the West Coast, or are they going to stay in the Southeast just – for the week having I believe a... I believe they are going to Florida. All right, that then I'm maybe a little more inclined to actually consider playing them, but I'm probably just going to walk away from this game. Like Jacksonville coming off the London game, um two teams in weird places right now and I I man, like this is just a, the hardest game I think of the week to read. All right, Friedman, what's your read on this one? Do you have one? I have it exactly at one and a half. So pretty much no opinion on, on this game side or total. If, if I were to bet it, it would probably be on Vegas. You know, if you just sort of bet the spread on any team coming off of a, a loss, like a shutout loss, you'd probably be doing well. Uh, and that's the situation. And I, I can't, I can't fathom betting on Jacksonville in this spot, but I really don't want either of these teams. So it's just probably stay away for me. Let's take another quick break in the action to tell you about the over-under game over on the Sleeper app. I mentioned it before, but look, it's one of the few places where you can play with your friends in contests, play together, or you can challenge strangers if you want, and it's really fun. So go check it out, the over-under game over on Sleeper. You pick two or more players that you like to pick the over-under. It's just that simple. You can win anywhere from two to 20 times your cash. So go over to sleeper.app slash bettingpros. That's sleeper.app slash betting pros and use that promo code betting pros when you do to get that hundred dollar deposit match over on sleepers so go play that over under game and go check out their new daily drafts game too which just launched you can play for just a buck go check that out as well let's get to the next one here we've got las vegas oh we already did las vegas we've got the indianapolis colts and the new england patriots so the patriots go to four and four they are six point home favorites here against the colts uh wasn't a pretty game against the jets but uh it was a win regardless 39 and a half is the number. So Vegas is telling you this is not going to be an exciting offensive game. Plus 215 on the money line for the Colts, if you like that. Friedman, when you're looking here, this is another tricky one because this is a very low 39 and a half. But as one thing we've seen, some of these games that look like they're going to be the dregs in terms of over-unders, they start to perform better than we realize. Does this game have that potential in it? Or do you think this is even more miserable than the 39 and a half? Uh, I think it will be a low scoring game. And that actually puts me on the Colts in this spot. And this number is six and a half at bet MGM. So I think that's the the best value on the board that I'm seeing right now. Uh, that's what I would bet. I, I have this, uh, let me see, projected at uh, 5.25. 
Uh, so I've bet it at six and a half. Um, by the way, you can find that in the betting pros app. Nice natural plug right there. Um, I have, I have this as a pretty good value for, for the Colts. I, I'm interested in your guys' opinion on this because I think that Ellinger Ellinger actually played decently well in his first start. The Colts were in control of that game uh, against the Commanders for, I mean, almost all of it until the very end. Meanwhile, I mean, there was a point in that game with uh, the Patriots where, you know, there was a pick six that like ended up not being a pick six, but like they easily could have lost that game. Like I would say that they, they played closer to the level of the jets than like a tier above them. And that was a wounded jets team. Six and a half is a real six, six and a half really big number. I think in a low scoring game for the Patriots to be able to out, out maneuver the Colts here. So I'll take it a know. step farther. Yeah. I don't think the, the old school new England Patriot home field advantage is a thing anymore. That used to be a building that was really hard to go into and win. And we've seen this in the last few years. It is not. It's not the same thing. It doesn't have the same juice in it. You could feel the crowd knows when things aren't going the way that, you know, Tom Brady ain't there to turn things around and pick up the That's pieces. That's a really good point. So That's a really I'm, good point. I'm telling you right now, this, this six is still living in the past of the mystique and the aura of that building. And it ain't there anymore. So I'm with you. I think this is where you're going with this fits. What do you think about this number? You guys do make some really good points. And uh, like it, it was a long time ago, but the Colts beat the chiefs in week two. Do we remember that? Like <laughs> I do, it, I, mean, I do. You know why it cost me money. That's why I remember it. <laughs> like, so this team is, is capable of doing good things. But then again, in their other six games, they are two, three and one, and they have not played another good team besides the chiefs. And they just got booed off their home, uh, home field after melting down and losing a game they should have won to, you know, a mediocre Washington team. So they can't be in a great headspace right now. And and the one thing that worries me about this indie team, it's like, it feels like the wheels are ready to come off completely. And, you know, like a rookie quarterback making, getting his first prolonged exposure to NFL defense. Like, do you feel good about betting a rookie quarterback against Bill Belichick? That's the problem. I no, don't, but man. you know, I don't, but here's where I keep coming back to, but I said the same thing going against fields two weeks ago, which is, man, you know, Belichick's going to throw a lot of looks at him. They're going to really confuse him. But the thing he kept doing, which is something that Ellinger can do too, which is he can improvise. And that's the thing Matt Ryan couldn't do. And that was the thing they were getting it. Like Matthew Judon was there. Dietrich wise were there. These guys were on top of field, but the problem was, you know, one miss snap turn around and they saying, you know, you run for 15 yards. That kind of, that breaks the back of a defense. It kind of, it kills the mojo and the momentum of a defense in the game. And, and I think that's the piece that this young Colts quarterback brings that Matthew Ryan does not, uh, Friedman, you're, I see you smart smirking and smiling here. <laughs> what are your thoughts? Yeah, you just well, like the demise of the Patriots. Let's be honest. That's well, to, <laughs> to Fitz's point, and, and this is, this is a minor point, but it might have some significance here. Ellinger, not a rookie, actually a second year quarterback. So like, at least he has, he has like that, that experience within the system. So maybe he won't be as rattled. And I would say there would be something like magnificently poetic about a second year, sixth rounder going into new England and beating Belichick, <laughs> like the game after he becomes the most winningest coach in, in history, you know? Yeah. The, the other part of this game too, when you think about it, where um, they, they kind of feel very similar to the bears team that they struggled against. 
because this is a team that does have some good defensive players on it. Opportunistic at times. Shaq Leonard back healthy yesterday certainly was a big piece. And then this is a team that is probably going to commit to running the football and has a mobile quarterback. That seems to be the special sauce where that gives the Patriots fits this year like, like, and not Fitz Morris's actual fits. So it's something to really keep an eye on uh, going forward. This is a, a very tenuous situation. I like the Colts side of this one. I think New England wins a game, but I think that Colt at six is a big number here, especially when Mac Jones has played. Buffalo, 12 and a half point favorites against the New York Jets. Uh, if you like the Jets, plus 450. I mean, clearly this 47 and a half, you look at this number fits, you look at the Brees Hallless Jets. I kept making this comment all week. I was like, stop thinking that Michael Carter is Brees Hall. Stop thinking that James Robinson is Brees Hall. This is not a great run offensive line. Brees Hall is just a super talented player. Don't confuse the two. I think we saw it on full display. Zach Wilson is not the guy. He never was the guy. He never will be the guy. This could be another ugly day. Is it going to be this ugly, though? Your thoughts on the Jets and Bills? I would not be surprised to see it go the way of the Jets-Bills game uh, where the Jets were at home last year when the Bills came in and trounced them 45-17. to uh, And the other game in the Bills-Jets series last year, the one in Buffalo, 27-10 to Buffalo. So um, I don't think the Jets are a significantly better team on offense than they were last year, maybe a little better in defense. But, um, yeah, I can't, I can't bet the Jets here. Yet it's a tall number, and it seems like this line is is just about right. Um, you know, if anything, I'm going to play the under here because I just don't think the Jets can can move the ball. Like, this Jets offense is so limited. They couldn't run yesterday, couldn't get anything going with Michael Carter and James Robinson. And, like, Zach Wilson is just bad. Like Did I, you see the Elijah Moore quote? That was my favorite one. They asked him, uh, what some, something to the effect of, what do you think about, you know, Zach Wilson? He's like, I couldn't tell you because he he's never thrown the ball to me. <laughs> I mean, yeah, like under a 50% completion rate yesterday, three interceptions. I mean, a lot of yardage and garbage time, but man, he's, he's just not it. And I think the jets are starting to realize that. Uh, yeah. So I like the under here. I don't like a side, uh, even though if I was going to bet a side, it would be Buffalo. Friedman, if you asked me like in a vacuum to put a number on this game, I would have said 14 without hesitation. So therefore, I think there's still room here to lock this in because I think it's going to only grow as the people continue to analyze what both of these teams did over the past weekend and what they've done so far this year. Do you kind of agree that this might get larger as we get to Thursday, Friday, Saturday? Yeah, I mean, I have this at 11.75, and I can tell you I'm certainly not betting on the Jets in this spot. And I, I bet 10.5, uh, shout out me, in the, the look-ahead market. Because <laughs> I just knew, regardless of whatever happens oh, this weekend, mm-hmm. barring a Josh Allen injury, there is no way that this line moves down to 10. And Joe, to your point, like it could easily move up from the 10 and a half. And, you know, we've seen that, you know, just in a little bit. It's already at 12 and a half. Yeah, this number could get to 14. Mm. All right. Uh, the Minnesota Vikings are three point uh, favorites on the road against Washington. So we'll ask Fitz about uh, another home underdog. There's a ton of them this week. There's no doubt. Forty four and a half is the number here. Plus one forty on the money line for the Washington commanders. Now, um, I-, I feel like, you know, Minnesota came away with the W. Certainly there were some moments in that game where it got a little dicey for them. Uh, how do the Vikings travel here in your mind? Is this another spot where the commanders keep kind of pulling rabbits out of their hat we should pay more attention to it or is this when they finally 
get a, an opponent here that's kind of, uh, I think, above them in terms of what they're going to do offensively. Because I think that's been the thing. We've seen the commander has been pretty good the last two weeks here, coming out with Ws, but they haven't faced an offense quite as capable or as star-studded as the Vikings, Friedman. So I thought you, I thought it's nope. the way no, it, it goes back and you leave off the, when it's the with way you. it was framed. Like, I feel like okay. you said Fitz's name in there at some point and then you, you switched said the to Friedman, but not, but it wasn't a Z, it was an S. Okay, uh, sorry, so the transcript after the show, which you can order at bettingpros.com. <laughs> We'd like to have the transcript, it's very popular. People like to sit around the fireplace and just read the transcripts of the show, so it's fun. Yeah, all right. Good. I, I'm glad we could have this banter because I really have nothing else to say about this game. Like my opinion of, of the Vikings didn't change from you know this past weekend. <laughs> my opinion of the commanders really didn't change from this past weekend. Uh, the number is three. I have it at 3.25. Uh, it's just this game is whatever. I'm slightly interested in the over, but I, I haven't bet it yet. You know, I, I have a position on the look ahead market two and a half for the Vikings. I'm I'm happy with that, but that number's not coming back. So I think this number is basically where it should be at this point. I think the over is the one that I'm looking at, Fitz. Is that where you're looking to, or do you see something else that Friedman does not see? I've got about half a point of value towards the over, Joe. Um, and first of all, let me issue a quick correction. I have to go back and say I'm going to bet on the Jets and not the Bills. I said, if anything, I'd bet on the Bills, but I am going to make those blind home underdog bets. Uh, well, look, I, I, every I'm all dog. for the blind ones, but I think this one is is more like, you know, more like Tommy is more like deaf, dumb and blind. <laughs> I, don't, I wouldn't do this one. This is the one where I, you do all the other ones. You go crazy. This is the one where I think you just keep the money in the pocket. Fitz, That's I'm cool. begging you, do not bet on the Don't Jets this. this weekend. Don't do this. Don't do this. It, it will be pain. You know, I mean, <laughs> like we say that we the home underdogs, like you just can't pick which one, Friedman. You just have to commit, commit to the bit, baby. Uh, so <sighs> I'm gonna buy you a pinball game with the winnings I have. From <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna do that here uh, too with. Washington at home. And uh, Joe, you talked about Washington pulling rabbits out of the hat. I mean, really, it's been Minnesota pulling rabbits out of the hat. Like they mm. play down to their opponent's level of competition ever since they smoked the Packers in week one. Every other game, they have played a tight one that's turned on like a, a you know, a weird call, a penalty, uh, a turnover, like something decides that game and the Vikings have been on the right side of like every result. And, uh, you know, they went into week eight, I think, uh, 18th overall in DVOA, like they're below average in, in DVOA. And, uh, you know, I've, I've said, this is a very average team masquerading as a good team. I, I still believe that. And Washington's got a little bit of mojo going with wins over green Bay and Indy. It seems like, you know, they've kind of rallied around Taylor Heineke as strange as that is. Uh, so I, I like Washington a little bit here. Yeah. Uh, next one on the board. Speaking of teams, you got to try to figure out Seattle Seahawks. Maybe it's just time to say it. They're good. They're five and three. They're a good football team. They're not a great football team, but they're a good football team. Uh, and Ken Walker is real good. And Geno Smith has made throws that I never thought Geno Smith could make in the NFL. It was crazy. He looked like the college days. Uh, they are two and a half point underdogs. Going against the Arizona Cardinals here in this one, though, uh, 49 and a half is the number. If you like Seattle and I do at plus 120 on the money line, I would take Seattle to win outright uh, fits. I'm just going to come out and say it. I think the wrong team is favored here. Your thoughts. Uh, another another home underdog, Joe. And, uh, <laughs> you, you know, like 
Friedman is going to give us the skeleton key to this one because he knows betting Kingsbury as an underdog is uh, the way to go. And, he's not uh, an underdog I, here, right? Oh, wait, wait, no, wait, wait. No, he's wait, a favorite. Yeah, that's oh, what I mean. Yeah, I think the wrong team is favored. I'm yeah. sorry. Uh, and that's, but you see how easy that was where you just were like, oh, yeah, they're no. Yeah, so not, actually. They're somehow the favorites in this one. I, I'm going to take that two and a half. I'm going to take that money line. I'm going to run yeah. because I just, Arizona's defense is bad. Cliff Kingsbury, clearly not on the same page with Kyler Murray. It feels like oftentimes, and I don't know who's to blame there, uh, but the Seattle Seahawks, I got to give them credit. And the most dangerous thing about it is every time they win a game like they won yesterday, they have a little bit more confidence, a little bit more swag and bravado. And I think you kind of need that when you go on the road. And the fact that they are underdogs in this game and they're not getting respect, that is the perfect Pete Carroll narrative to drive into these guys for the next six days. Yeah, you might be right about that. Uh, sorry for for misreading that on my sheet. That's um, right. Yeah, I I also I kind of like the over here. Do we see any value in the over? I mean, last yes. they did play <laughs> when they met earlier. Like we got the most unexpected result of all. We were expecting fireworks when they played in week five, and Seattle won nineteen and nine, and that mm-hmm. was just sort of a you know a nadir for the Arizona offense. Um, and you know, le- last year's games I think are more. Uh, typical of what we're likely to see this year. Um, when they played last year in Arizona, it was 37 to 34 and, uh, it was 38 30. So yeah, both of these teams scored in the thirties in both meetings last year. I think it's going to be kind of another track mate here and, uh, different game though. You got Deandre Hopkins in this game. Now you've got Walker as the starting running back. These are not the same two teams that met up a couple of weeks ago, Friedman. And I think, I, like I said, I just, if you asked me to set this number, it would have probably been two and a half and it would have been on the opposite side here. So your thoughts on Seattle, maybe I'm crazy, but what do you think? No, this is my favorite game of the week. And by the way, the NFL schedule makers, what are they doing? There are only two games in this afternoon window. This is the only game at 4.05, and then there's one game starting at 4.25. So we are Yeah, but think about what that game was on the schedule when you looked at it. You thought, oh, the Rams and the Bucks, Earth will stop. Everyone will stop everything they're doing to watch these two incredible Tom Brady and the defending champions. Meanwhile, nobody cares. Neither of these football teams are very good, but I'll be watching the Seattle game. I know that's the game. That is the game that people are going to be watching. I'll take it a step further. I'll play the DFS, the four o'clock window, and I'm going to stack the Seattle Arizona game. How about them apples? Yeah. Uh, But Joe, to to your question, I don't think it's quite that the wrong team is favored, but I do, I do show value on Seattle here. I bet this in the look ahead market at three and a half because I just knew like that line three and a half is like, no, that is not going to be available once this real line comes out and two and a half. I would still bet it at two and a half. I have this at one. So, you know, still favored Arizona at one, but I can easily see how this ends up flipping by the time kickoff comes because Seattle, I don't want to say that Geno Smith is actually the better quarterback in this matchup, but he is, he has played better this year and he has had more support around him to this point in the season, both playmaking support and play calling support than we've seen it out of Kyler. So yeah, I am, I am on Seattle in this spot. Again, this is one of the favorite bets that I have on the slate. All elite Geno Smith. I told you, I gave him the new nickname six weeks ago. That throw he made to Tyler Lockett, especially after Lockett dropped it the first time and they went back to the well in the same play and they burned him the second time. That was glorious. The confidence. 
just brimming with Geno Smith. Who'd have thought? Okay, here we go. I want to bury the lead here on the show. We finally got to the big game of the week that the NFL wants you to watch. It's the Tampa Bay Buccaneers minus two and a half. Somehow they're still favored. I don't know how against the Los Angeles Rams who are three and four. Uh, 42 and a half is the number plus 120. I, I don't know. I, I wish there was a gut instinct. I wish there was a piece of data we could look to here. Um, if anything, I think I'm on the Ram side of this game and I'm somebody who has been super tough on the Rams. I was last week. I was the week before. Uh, Friedman, where do you stand here with this one? Because once again, time is ticking. I feel like the hourglass has been tipped over for the Buccaneers and the sand is getting towards the bottom. Yeah, I mean, both of these teams, the the Buccaneers especially uh, are injured, but you have to think that they get some of their players back given that they have the the mini buy coming off of Thursday night football. And the Rams, like, we don't know. Like, we just, we do not know what's happening with Cooper Cup. Uh, presumably he will be fine to play for this game, but we really don't know. Tyler Higby also in and out of the game with a neck injury. So uh, both of these teams are injured. I have this at three. So in theory, I'm I'm seeing some value here. If I were to bet a side in this, it probably would be the Buccaneers. But and I I will say I did bet them at minus two in the look ahead market. But uh, you know at the current market, two and a half. I don't really feel compelled to bet it. No, I think that's a good instinct. Pat, here you go. Uh, you got the Tampa Bay Bucks somehow still favorites. Uh, don't ask me. This If this was ever a pick game, this is it for me. I got By the no. Way, sorry. Yeah. Sorry to interrupt. I will just yeah. interject. I, I'm also on the under here. That is like, I think if there's a play in this game in the current market, it's on the under. Well, look, 42 and a half is not a huge number. That's that's going to be miserable if that's an under. This is going to be a miserable day at the office. Do you see a miserable game here, Fitz? If, if I'm going to... I kind of want to bet the Buccaneers here. Um, like Friedman, I've got it at three. And the the big issue for me with the Rams is that they cannot run the ball. Like their offensive True. line cannot create any space whatsoever. They are completely one-dimensional, leaving things in the hand of hands of a very interception-prone quarterback with Matthew Stafford. Um, I, I think Cooper Cup is going to be okay. I, I think, like I saw some sports docs talking about it, looking like a low ankle sprain mechanism, so he should be okay to play. And I'm a little worried about Cup going against the Buccaneers. And uh, Friedman mentioned some of the injuries. I mean, they've got, I think they were without Carlton Davis. Sean Murphy Bunting and Antoine Winfield and Murphy Mm -hmm. Bunting and Winfield are like the two guys they've used to cover the slot this year. So um, that could be a problem against Cooper Cup. But still, uh, like this Rams offense is just so limited. Like, even though the box have have looked like garbage the last two games, I cannot bet the Rams against the Buccaneers here. So Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm inclined to take the box. And Shaq Barrett hasn't played all that well this year, but he's out for the year too. Yeah. Don't forget, he's another piece that's gone from that. Uh, so, again, this is a hoof. Ooh, we. Let's get to the next one here. Tennessee, five and two, go, taking on the Kansas City Chiefs. Now we'll see if Ryan Tannehill, perhaps this was why Ryan Tannehill didn't play. He said, look, rest up, kid. We got the Chiefs next week. This is a big game for us. But look, Mike Vrabel always has his team prepared, they're always ready to go. 11's the number, though. The Chiefs, you know, trying to come out of that bye. Andy Reid off the bye. We all know the story. 46 and a half is the number. If you like Tennessee for the upset, it's plus 400. It's a hefty price tag on that you get. Uh, but let's be honest here. The Chiefs still are towards the upper class of that AFC. But Fitz, are they 11-point favorites good? I think they are if Malik Willis 
plays for the Titans. Like sure. I just don't think Malik Willis is ready for prime time. And that ultra run heavy approach worked against the Texans and their league worst run defense last week. I don't know if it's going to work against the chiefs. And when you're going up against that much firepower, like I think uh, a Malik Willis triggered Titans offense could just be completely overwhelmed here. And I do have such respect. Like I hate betting against Mike Rabel as a double digit dog. Just hate it. Yeah. But that's if, where I struggle too. If it's Willis, I'm going to, I'm going to make that bet. If it's mm. Tannehill, then I'm going to have to take a second look and think hard about it. I'm inclined to think that this is why you got Willis last week. Like the Tannehill probably maybe could have gutted it out if this was the chiefs but it was the Texans. So instead they said, look, let's not push things. Friedman, do you have that inclination as well that you do get Tannehill probably for this game? And if so, is 11 too much there or not enough respect, I should say, even for Mike Vrabel and the Titans? Yeah, I'm imagining that Tannehill does play. And I I think Tannehill is baked into this line. I, um, you know, I don't think it, it will be Malik Willis, but, you know, we even have a 10 and a half available right now at, um, at FanDuel. Uh, I mean, honestly, I do like Kansas city in this spot. I have this projected at 12. Um, now I, to, to Fitz's point, which I, I do take, uh, I hate betting against Mike Vrabel as an underdog. Like he just like his team literally does have that dog in him, especially because they've got big dog, Derrick Henry. And like with Henry, they can control a lot of the game clock, but man, the, the chiefs are just so good on offense. They can score. Uh, they can control the clock as well. I don't know. I, I'm probably not betting it. Um, but if I were 10 and a half going towards Kansas city is the number that I would take. Okay. Uh, one more game. It is the Monday night game too. We've got the new Orleans saints, three point home underdogs against the Baltimore Ravens. So the Ravens will travel there at five and three 48 and a half is the number on this one. Plus one forty five. I don't think we're ever going to see uh, I don't know, Jarvis Landry, Michael Thomas ever again. Andy Dalton though, seems to be the quarterback of choice. Alvin Kamara certainly uh, showed up in a big way yesterday. So it feels like perhaps that was a very defining moment for the saints, but Friedman does that translate over into Monday night against the Ravens? That is the question. I think so. We're seeing a Daltonissance or something with uh with the, the Saints. <laughs> Can we get that I mean, on a shirt? Can we get please? <laughs> Can we go to the fantasy pros or betting pro shops and get that right now? I want that. <laughs> so Fitz, Fitz and I do our our first round of projections on uh you know Friday, Saturday, uh, and kind of compare that to the look ahead lines. We were the most off market of any team or any game so far this year when we were projecting uh, Baltimore at New Orleans. Um, and plus three and a half was in the look ahead market. So I grabbed that immediately. I have this projected as a pick em. Um, And I don't know. I mean, the Saints, they have a real home field advantage. Uh, their offense, we haven't seen a drop off with Andy Dalton. If anything, like we've seen that offense perform better with Dalton because he has been able to avoid some of the mistakes. And maybe at some point we get Jarvis Landry or Michael Thomas back or Adam Troutman back. Like, I mean, they are, or even Marshawn Lattimore back. Like some of these players are likely to return at some point this year. One of them could return this week. And I, I think they're being priced as if none of those guys will come back this week. So I, I do see value in this number at three. All right, Fitz, do you see value as well at the three? I absolutely do. And I think Friedman and I were also most off market on the Saints in uh, week eight. 
And it it paid off handsomely for us because we were both on the Saints as a home underdog against the Raiders. And uh, I'm with him, even though I've got this. uh, Friedman has this one close to even. I have like Baltimore as a a one to one and a half point favorite here. Um, But man, like that would go down in my estimation if they had to play without uh, both Mark Andrews and Rashad Bateman. And I, I suspect they're going to, you know, not have at least one of those guys. So um, as Friedman said, I, I think, you know, we're getting close with Lattimore coming back here, um, which would, you know, certainly help the New Orleans defense against a very limited Baltimore passing attack. And we're seeing this Lamar Jackson pattern again, like he comes out on fire, has a great first month. And then like, I don't know the the Baltimore offense just sort of stagnates. And uh, we're seeing that again. Well, the- happen to every year feels like i mean bateman wasn't on the field yep, last year that's true you know and it just seems like the same thing he lost both running backs going into the season i think you can get away with stuff i think you can get away with raw athleticism in september when teams are still ramping up and defenses are ramping up but once defenses kind of lock themselves in a little bit and they have the stamina back you can contain lamar a little bit easier yeah i agree and uh so yeah i i like new orleans a lot here and i i think this one's going to play under too like i i think the total is just set a little high Okay, let's get to our favorite look-ahead moments. What we want to lock in right now, I'm telling you right now, for me, it's Seattle. I already did it while Friedman was talking, so I'm already ahead of the game there. Uh, Friedman, what are your favorite look-ahead wagers to lock in early before things go awry? Yeah, New Orleans, for all the reasons we just talked about. Uh, Seattle, uh, I'm with you there. I I think there's a lot of value in that line. And then, yeah, maybe I'm going to say Cincinnati. <laughs> Cincinnati at eight and a half. I, I think there's value there because I think this number should be above 10. All right, Fitz, your thoughts? I share two of them with Friedman. Uh, the Saints are, are the big one and Cincinnati. Those are the two that jump out for me. Uh, and then, man, I love getting the Seattle-Arizona total under 50. So I'm going to I'm gonna hit the over there too. Okay, there you have it. Don't forget to head over to Sleeper and check out the over-under game. And also check out their new Daily Fantasy game, too. Some fun stuff happening on the Sleeper app. And don't forget to download the BetMGM app, the king of sportsbooks. Go there right now. We can get it on the Android store, the Apple store. And, of course, don't forget, subscribe to Betting Pros. We've got the Monday night football live stream, the Thursday night football live stream. We've got the Sunday live streams. We've got all the pods. Everything is here. Subscribe to Betting Pros on YouTube. And don't forget to click that little bell till it goes ding for notifications so you know every time a piece of content has dropped that'll do it for us but the story of the game goes on for matt and pat i'm joey p we'll see you next time kids